Hey guys, thanks for watching Ike Live. It's brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. Please check them out. They've got a great product. Go to mysterytacklebox.com. If you use the coupon code Ike Live, you get 50% off Sweet. your first Pro Box. That's $12.50 <laughs> for a almost $50 value of baits in this box. Warning. The following live webcast might contain content that some people find crude, vulgar, or objectionable. When watching this program, please make sure the room is well lit and do not sit too close to the screen. If you're uptight, easily offended, or lacking a sense of humor, please stop watching right now and leave the internet. Now it's time for High Clock. What is this foolishness? How many dreams can you shape in a minute, an hour? The kind of clean you like best. Lost three of my teeth, too. All right, so you lost. Next time you win. Steamy, hot, hearty, delicious, invigorating. Folks at home, folks at home, Pete Gluzak here filling in for Ike on Ike Live. Uh, we're right in the heart of winter season. It's snowing outside, but fishing has begun. It has begun all over the country. It's begun, especially out on the Pro Tour, man. There's all kinds of action. MLF, Bassmaster Elites, FLW Tour, Opens, Costas, it's all happening right now, mainly in Florida right now. We're going to be talking about that stuff tonight. I want to let you guys all know we're brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. It's like Christmas every month. You get lots of great stuff. I want to remind you guys, you know, chime in with your questions, call in. We use your stuff on the air. We're going to give you an Ike Live gift pack, and that's going to include a Mystery Tackle Box. We are also brought to you by my, my co-host tonight is Dave Brosnick. It's good to have you here with us, buddy. Should have put up for my name, bro. I was Brosnick. Brosnick? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brosnick, Pete. Uh, 20 years now. <laughs> Brosnicky. That's all right. That's all right. And tonight, uh, Flambu, guys. <laughs> Z-Russ promo code Ike Live for 20% off. Also go to www.flambooutdoors.com. There's a new uh, there's a new storage system for kayaks under the seat. Uh, yeah. Go on there and check it out. There's some tutorials, what it looks like. It's really cool. Also brought to you by Liquid Mayhem. Use the promo code IKELIVE25 for 25% everything on the Liquid Mayhem site. Also brought to you by Hobie Kayaks. Again, nothing will fit underneath that Hobie seat better than some flambu. All right, check that stuff out. <laughs> TH Marine, all their great products, all the products that are not going to make the boat build that Brian's having. <laughs> oh, no, actually, I, I'll stand corrected on that. We'll talk about that later. That's right. The boat Bro built starter, cuz. Brought to you by Bass University. 
Try BU for 10 days free. Access over 400 long-form teaching seminars. That end, that promo, that 10 days free ends on Wednesday night midnight. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Very informative. Brought to you by Real Snot. Improves casting distance, kills line memory, helps keep your guides free from ice this time of the year. Very important, unless you leave it outside overnight like Brian. Big help with fluorocarbon and braided line. Promo code IKELIVE25 again for 25% off. We are also brought to you by Tackle Warehouse. Everybody uses Tackle Warehouse. I used Tackle Warehouse to overnight ship me uh, lures to the open that I recently fished down on the Harris chain, and I used those lures to catch five one-pound fish to the, during the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tackle Warehouse. Giants. Hold on, Pete. Let me get you a round of applause for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. very much. We worked hard for those. It was a lot of fun. But um, th- uh, line cutters, brought to you by line cutters, great little tool. We, l- we love them. Uh, it can cut braid up to a million pounds. Uh, it's a really handy thing. Get yourself some line cutters. And we have, uh, I'm looking for the line cutters code, which I don't see there, but we'll put it up for you soon. We're uh, Dr. Squatch soap is soap for men. It is some serious men's soap. We'll <laughs> kill that swamp ass in three or four swipes. It's gone, swamp man. Swipes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like the soap that your wife's shoving down your throat, the dove, or the, you know, you know guys, just Day, get a that was bars. That was my impression of it. Like, it felt like, it felt... It felt like I was single again, and and I had the soap that I would have bought like like you know back in the day. What what, what could we get? If you uh, could, Irish Spring was like the only cool <laughs> right. soap you could get back in the day. <laughs> right now you got some real man soap. That's takes right. a layer of skin so, off. Yeah, because sometimes regular soap doesn't take it away. You know, th- this absolutely <laughs> does. It takes yeah. it away. Yeah. It feels also, nice. use the use the code Ike Live twenty. Uh, I'm assuming that gets you twenty percent off. Nah, that's right. And don't forget Traeger Grills. No more propane flavored meats. They're not going to taste that 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 that, that chemical on there. Nice and smoked, tastes like wood. And if you order some of their gear and wearing one of the winter hats now, warmer than a Carhartt hat. Very nice. Excellent. Well, we appreciate all you all you sponsors uh, being with us, supporting the show. Appreciate all you guys supporting our sponsors uh, that are that are allow us to be here. And we've got an amazing show tonight. There's so much going on out in the industry right now. We're going to be talking about it. We want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you guys think about uh, what's happening. MLF uh, came out with their inaugural tournament. It was live. It was exciting. Uh, lots of fines by people <laughs> that were alive. We're gonna be t- <laughs> we're gonna be talking. To, we're gonna be talking about that. You guys might not know about that, but we're gonna be letting you in on that situation. And Bassmasters uh, came out with their live. They went to the St. Johns River and broke all kinds of records with some amazing stuff. Uh, it's just a great time to yeah. be a fishing fan right now. And like you think when you think Florida, you think St. Johns. You think like you don't. Where it's located in Florida, it's just not, I don't know, it's not as swampy. It's not like what you think of when you think of southern Florida, you know? It's different. Like, it's not, yeah, it's up in, yeah, it starts in Jacksonville and goes mm-hmm. all the way down to, like, almost, like, uh, what is that, uh, Daytona. And, you know? That's right. And and it's tidal, yeah. which is, makes it very unique. And apparently Rick Clunn is the only one that can win there these days. <laughs> He's, like, oh, 72 years old. Uh, just allegedly. A, 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 allegedly. Amazing accomplishment. Uh, he won it at 69. He won it allegedly at 72. Uh, he's probably going to win it at that 82. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like Gandalf. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's on how old he is, dude. <laughs> he's been around so long. He's yeah. he's, he's just guessing now. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of old, I, I want to give a shout out to my grandma who just turned 102 
uh, last week. Rick Clay got nothing birthday, on that. The Stockle jeans, yeah, man. She ain't got no yeah. trophies, but uh, it ain't over yet. So. 102. Is she, is she still fishing tournaments? No, 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 she's not. She's but. probably got some trophies, dude, like sock hop trophies, and <laughs> you know what I mean. I think the I think the secret to longevity is never redlining the engine. Yeah, yeah, you know oh, what I mean. She's oh. just nice. I'll be so, dead. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm dead. <laughs> Almost N- there. Nice knowing you. <laughs> well, we're we are going to have uh, a a couple of brothers on the show, Chris and Corey Johnson Johnston, which have. Uh, they set the FLW on fire. They came over to the elites this year, and they both crushed it this week. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be talking to those guys. They're from Canada. They 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 practice a different way. They uh, they compete a different way. But it's just success after success. And it's it's amazing. Can't wait to talk to those guys. Learn more about them and and what they're doing out there on tour. So uh, that's what's going on at tonight's show. Um, to, uh, stay with us, guys. It's going to be great. I want to give a shout-out uh, to the emergency personnel, to the police, and a special shout-out um, to the military. Uh, a good friend of ours, Mark McEwen. Um, I, I said Mark McEwen. Mark McCowan. I Mark messed, McCowan. I, I'm butchering everybody's name. But he, you know, he promoted the special ops survivors. This is for the Gold Star families of the special ops uh, forces and he promoted that. We we got involved with him. He was one of a kind. He was uh, somebody that you'll never forget once you meet him. He brought smiles in the room. He brought energy everywhere he goes. And and we lost him a couple years ago. And uh, and we have, uh, you know, in memory in memorandum of uh, Mark McCowan right here a special uh, shrine special op shrine that we're going to be getting a new studio for Ike Live. This is going to be coming with us, of course. A fact. But, but uh, but I just want to shout out, you know, give a shout out to his family and all of his brothers uh, that work for that cause. Uh, it's just such a such an amazing person. Yeah, we, we can't undersell like the kind of not undersell. We can't explain the kind of person this guy was. Like I was in his presence once, and when I saw the picture of him, you know, commemorating the second year anniversary of his death, it was like it almost brought me to tears, you know, and he was just such a genuine guy, and, you know, you're lucky if you can meet a handful of those guys in your lifetime, you know. He's definitely one of them. Oh, God, amazing person, and, uh, yeah, I just wish he was someone we could have had on. You yeah. know, if you could go back and you knew you only had a certain amount of time with somebody, I would have liked to say, I'd like to have been around him a couple more times in my life, you know. Yeah, yeah same here, man. It's, you know, kind of appreciate the time he got right you never know and uh i got to be around him a bit more but yeah. I, I, like damn you know I look back i'm like shit i wish i would have you know spent a little bit more time with him so mark mark was amazing and uh yeah and the hit on that like the kind of guy he was and the, we're not just saying this just like brian when, when this when this man passed brian might have been around him three times and brian Hopped in his truck to drive down to Fort Bragg for the funeral. You know, that's how much this guy meant in the short time that we spent with him, you know, especially to Brian. And, uh, you know, he's just a special human being. Yeah. Yeah. I've been carrying the special ops. Uh, they they actually brought us a, a backpack, and I, I, I still carry that. Yeah, so do I. I got the same backpack. Yeah, I wear, I wear yeah. I carry it everywhere through the airports. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to represent, glad, glad to promote that organization and all the work that they do. And uh, you know, just just a shout out to all the families in the military, all all that you guys are doing and have done and have sacrificed 
uh, it's just a, it's an amazing thing. We yeah. appreciate you. Let us be here to do this, this show that we do. Yeah, you truly Come are. They're, they're the best. <laughs> they're the best we have to offer. You know, they're not celebrated enough. And uh, they had some show last night celebrating people making music. And I don't know. I, but I care about you guys, not so much them. You know. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> but uh, but it's been. It's, thank you guys. Uh, thanks, military. Um, Thank you guys for watching. Like I said, we got a lot that we're going to be talking about tonight. We're also going to be talking about the FLW that was just won in the MLF uh, with Jordan Lee. Just unbelievable stuff. And, uh, Riz, we already got some action on the IM board. Oh, yeah. Yeah, plenty of action. Um, just big shout-out to Milwaukee Mike. He's checking in. He's here with us. 17 years in National Guard service and three tours in Iraq. Um, he's on the uh, he's on the IM board checking out the show tonight. So. We appreciate you, man. Thank Thanks you, for man. watching, dude. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for Thanks watching. Thanks for your service. But we've all been kind of busy, man. There's been a there's been a heck of a lot that's been going on. I, I went down to the uh, the Bass Open, uh, fished the the Harris Chain, which is a great body of water that uh, that I haven't had a chance to fish very much over the years. But I ten years ago I was able to fish there and I got to go back there. Really enjoyed it. Except for I didn't catch any big fish. Apparently, uh, Lake Eustace was the place to be. 80% of the field was all fishing there. But it, it was a great tournament by Bass. Had a big turnout. How long when you were down there before you said, why do I live in New Jersey? Like, I want to know. Seriously. Like, do you ever consider relocating down there? I can't tell you how many people. Uh, Charlie Hartley, speaker for Bass U, guest on the show. He's uh he just bought a house on Lake Toho. Yeah. Uh, another guy from the New Jersey Federation bought a place on Harris. Who? Um, I knew you were going to. All right, don't worry about I, it. I can't remember his name at the moment. Keith Cowan bought the house. About it okay. in, in just a minute. And, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but they, you know, people are moving down there. Uh, of course, JT Kenny, we did some work with him. He's building a house down there. He's he's like five minutes from uh, Stick Mars. Five yeah. minutes from fishing for you know giant grouper. Five minutes from going out to the. Ah, big so he's water. around Sebastian. He's, at, he's on the, he's on the east coast. Yeah, so he's probably yeah. Sebastian if he's close to Stick Marsh. Yeah, he, it's it, it is it's pretty awesome down there, and we come home to uh, 20 degree temperatures. So every time we go there, man, like my God, I am so close to pulling the trigger, man. <laughs> Dude, I was fishing in Virginia a few weeks ago, and I was thinking that it's not even close to Florida. <laughs> yeah. four and a half hours away from here, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I just speaking of Virginia, I just came back from Richmond, right? So the company who I work for can remain anonymous. We they had a big uh, managers meeting, and I went down there, and I'm standing this close. I'm sitting actually, I got sat in the front just by accident. I'm next to the 143rd richest man, richest family in, in, on Forbes, right? And guys like me tend to think that like uh, people who own companies like that pay smart people to run it for them. Quite the opposite. These dudes were dialed into the smallest little tactical element of a business that you could be dialed into. It was just, it, 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 but it was impressive. Like for someone like me, a knuckle dragger from New Jersey, I had no idea how smart people run businesses. You know <laughs> what I mean? And to see that and to see how dialed in they were. But yeah, sorry about the Virginia. So I'm, I, whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's continue intro in the room here. Yeah. You ready, Brian? You want to get on the camera there? <laughs> Go ahead, Pete. Well, we got Eric, the intern, on the sofa. I'm here alone on the couch by myself. You are, you this are. is a rare appearance for me on the couch. Look at you. Normal occurrence. Look his phone yeah. is by his right yeah. foot. People, pay it's attention and watch his and, and, and face ferritive. down. Yeah. Face down. Watch his ferative movements toward the phone. Yep. <laughs> He's starting to sweat a little bit because it's he been is. five minutes <laughs> since six minutes actually. Six minutes. The, act <laughs> the activator is going to melt out of that quaff in any minute. <laughs> 
Look at you go. Wait, it's going to be man. dripping down like stalagmites. Did <laughs> 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 any ones that come from the top or they stalactites? <laughs> one's from the bottom, one's from the top. One, right? I, to I don't know, yeah. man. I, <laughs> I wasn't good at science. And, and of course, uh, we've got Rich Leadbeater, uh, a.k.a. Riz, with us. The good Riz. To, good to see you, buddy. Remax Rich. And, uh, yes, and sir. BTC. My brother. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Who yeah. alleges that the boat build has commenced. That's right. We can confirm. It has begun. Update, please. Well, can confirm. What's happening with Which the boat means build? he dropped it off at the... <laughs> <laughs> Building boats, losing friends. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we gutted the boat on Sunday, and uh, we're ready for phase two. So keep your eyes out, people. This is going to happen. Big so, shots to Dave Haas. That's right. Paid... <laughs> So yeah, we're doing a boat build. We're gutting my uh, my 16 foot tracker and, and pimping it out. It's gonna be a lot of fun. TH Marine, a few other companies are involved. So nice. It's, it's badass, dude. All right. Looking forward to it. We look forward to it too. It was good to see Big Dave at the uh, at the Bash University up at Edison. That's right. And, can, and uh, I look forward to seeing the the good work he's doing on the show. Can we give a sh- can we give a shout out to the tow company? It's gonna take it to the scrapyard. <laughs> He's such a fool. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dave Live. It's the same shit we did when we were 16 or 14 or 12 years old. And here we are. And now you got a platform. <laughs> Nearing the century mark doing the same stupid. <laughs> I mean, the man's stepping. He's putting himself out I, there. I, I, I know. He's availing himself. Special. <laughs> yes. Just revealing his belly. Revealing his belly. And you're just stomping I, I'm sorry. Right on the throat. <laughs> I would expect no, no less. <laughs> Cheers, my brother. <laughs> uh, we look forward to seeing it. But, but uh, Eric, man, what, what are you doing in Virginia? What's going on so, down there? I got the chance a couple weeks ago to fish somewhere that I have known about since I was a little kid. Man, I've seen this place on YouTube way back in the day, and I've always wanted to fish there. It was the Lake Anna hot side. Oh, yeah, so yeah. the hot side of Lake Anna. It's got mm-hmm. three pools. It's a power plant deal. I got to go down there with uh, a couple buddies, Nolan. Miner, who's a college bass fisherman, he fishes on West Virginia's team, and Nick Batista, so shout out to those two guys, man, we had a blast down there, and it's such a, it's so unique to anything we have around here, you know, because there's three pools, they're connected by canals, each pool is a little bit hotter when you get, as you get closer to the actual power plant, Mm -hmm. and it's like, you're out there in full winter gear, you can see your breath, your head's down when you're running because it's so cold, and then you're pulling up on the bank and catching them on a spook. It's absurd. Really? Yeah, and then after that, if you want to, you can go out into 40 foot of water and blade them on a Binsky the same wow. day. That's crazy. It's Oh, it's so unique. You catch a lot of small fish. There's a lot of small fish in the lake, and I'm assuming that has something to do with it being warm all year, but, I mean... The fact that you can even do that. You Did know? you guys get job applications at the power plant or something? <laughs> Bro. The three I, I was team think- trust fund down there? I, 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 I was thinking about it. I thought it was- <laughs> what do you want on Tuesday fishing in a power plant? You can get applications. <laughs> <laughs> that would get in the yeah. way of all of this fishing, dude. Yeah, man. I, was actually, I was actually doing work while I was down there, you know? Molex. Shout out to Molex. Copy we, were getting, that. We, were, we were getting Molex content down there. Nolan and Nick are on my Molex team, so it was a business trip. Believe it or not. Copy that. What was the water temperature, the hottest part? So, the cold pool that's kind of closer to the cool side was in the 50s, like 52, 54. But once you got to the pool where you could actually see the power plant, it was over 60 degree water temps. Wow. And it stays like that all year. And apparently in the summer, it's like well into the 90s. You know, like it gets crazy. I don't even know how those fish survive in the summertime. You know? Boiled. 
Yeah, they probably move out of there, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be an escape. I bet it, you they the, swim you know, away. The, the funniest part about it is the hot side, you need to have access to it. So you need to know someone that lives on the lake to mm-hmm. fish the hot side. So you're fishing, right? And there's this dam that separates the hot side and the cold side. Yeah. And you could just see all the envious cold side fishermen, all, all the peasants that don't have access. They're, <laughs> they're like right up on the dam. They're looking over. Meanwhile, you're getting bite after bite. Dude, it's awesome. It's it's savage. Man, that is. It's, it's uh, savage. Well, how did you get access? Uh, Nolan knew someone. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Shocking. Don't, shout out to Nolan. Yeah. yeah. That was it, man. That's yeah. great. Well, you know, that's... Uh, M- mocking that's... the commoners. <laughs> it was also fun because... Um, a couple weeks ago, I, I punched a wall, and I really messed up my wrist, like, really bad. The only rod I could fish down there without, you know... I, I couldn't fish a normal rod. I could only fish my ultralight. So I was throwing an ultralight with two-pound test for the entire time, and a little Kytec, smashing them. Just wow, so you know, fun. Eric, when you showed up to the charity event with, with the with the wristband, with the ace bandage on your wrist... I knew what I was getting into. People, people were... Uh, there were some different theories on how Eric hurt his wrist. I'm sure there were. I'd like to... Would you like to explain some I heard a couple good ones. Uh, one dude told me to tell you that the springs punch back in the sofa. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that I learned. <laughs> I learned my lesson. <laughs> Here, boy. <laughs> uh, Life gets stressful sometimes, guys. Yeah. You know? When you punched the wall, did you call your landlord and tell him that there's a hole in the wall that needs repair now? Dude, he was actually the one that took me to urgent care. So, yeah. <laughs> I think he was the first person I called. No, another guy asked me to tell you to, to keep your hands in your pockets when you're around the field hockey team at college. I don't know what that even meant. <laughs> I dated a field hockey player in high school. That's what's up. They got thighs, bro. Yeah, well. Telling me. <laughs> Spraining wrists. Good athletes. I would like to have seen a picture of this wall you allegedly punched. I hope it wasn't a wall, dude. It wasn't a wall. Right. It was a, it, it was it, a couch. It, it was it, so it's it wasn't a couch either. It's one of Pillow? those things. It was an ottoman, <laughs> like one of those things you put your feet up on. Yeah, yeah, those padded now, ottomans. Right. I, yeah, I was sitting down on the floor and I looked to my left and the ottoman was the first thing there. Get so smart, I, sure. was the I, I, I just smart. went for it. Man. I was like, this ottoman needs to learn its lesson. But the problem was, I went to hit. And I didn't land the punch correctly. Like I went, I went because in because like you that. fished. You fished since you were little. Never learned how to throw a punch. Go ahead. Yeah, no, right? I'm, yeah, not, I'm a lover. A kid. I'm a right. lover, not a fighter, man. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and you got caught wrong here. on the cushion. I mean, yeah. guys break ice blocks ten deep with their fists, and you break your wrist on a ottoman. There, it is what it is. Sometimes it well, happens. The only my thing that made me feel a little better was the next day I was talking to Mike and he was telling me all the things that he's punched. But Mike, life, Mike so. punches through like drywall and doors and windows. Noses. Mike, <laughs> yeah, drunk guys' noses. <laughs> I can attest. Yeah. I don't know which Mike you guys are talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know, yeah. Shout out to our don't. buddy Mike, by the way, yeah. down there. Yep. In, uh, Conroe. In Conroe, right? Getting ready for Conroe. I guess the practice is uh, winding up today for the MLF. They yeah. will be live tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, Conroe, they're, they're projecting we're going to see multiple bass in the 10-pound range, double-digit bass coming out of that lake. What stage are they in? I, uh, it's got to be pre-spawn down there. Pre-spawn? They're, they're, they're a little bit further, a little bit too far north, I would guess, to be really heavy into the spawn. But it's just a guess. I mean, uh, Houston's way down. It's way down south, so uh, it snowed here today, so I'm completely unable to it, identify. One of the one of the other things about Texas too is that that I guess the Gulf Stream or the Jet Stream rather uh, gets it, it bellies down a little bit and it pushes a lot of cold air in Texas. Um, you know, from time to some of the coldest tournaments I ever fished right. were in Texas. You know, and it just it definitely gets cold. So I would guess pre-spawn, but okay. the weather's right. 
Memphis will take the banks, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to that. And uh, and I had something cool happen. And, I'm, you know, I, I we were at Bass University at Columbus. And, um, um, you know, after our first day, uh, which was Friday, I knew what was coming up. I, I'm a I'm a collegiate wrestling fan. I know Dave is too, and and there's I think there's probably maybe one other person that's <laughs> listening to this broadcast that that is. But uh, but I, but what what happened was Penn State, the number one ranked wrestling team in the nation, was taking on Ohio State, the number two, and I was fortunate enough to get tickets, man. So how did you score the tickets? Well, here's the deal. We started talking about it, and we were like, let's get there was tickets available, like in the nosebleed section yeah and and then i got busy with doing doing work and it late he's the guy goes you still want to go i'm like yes i'm in we go to, they're sold out so as we're on the website floor tickets open up what what happened was the penn state uh, allotment yeah of seats did not completely sell out okay and they they had these penn state seats available we wow. were third third row in from the mat Wow. And uh we you know, got to see it all. Penn got to see the Penn State guys coming in, Bo Nickel and uh all the other uh Vincenzo Joseph number one ranked yeah. wrestlers in the nation and uh just there was five number one ranked wrestlers in the nation wrestling that night, two Olympic gold medalists, uh between the Penn State coach and the former Ohio State um, wrestler that were all that were in the room. Wow! And it was Cal Sanderson from Penn State. Cal Sanderson, he won the gold undefeated in college. Yeah. And uh But it was it was you know it was one of those things that you know I was so glad I got to see and I got it, it was Ohio State which they are fanatical man they set a record over thirteen thousand fans in the stadium. It was loud as and as anything you could ever hear. So to, to give fans perspective, and I'll make it brief. Like this is equivalent to seeing like 1985 Notre Dame versus like Miami yeah, in terms of the rivalry. You know, it's equivalent to like the the, the 2000 2001 Ravens Steelers game. Like this is a big deal in Big Ten wrestling. Penn State and Ohio State, man. I'm pretty jealous, dude. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was the in the house where Bobby Knight won his national championship. The the stadium where we saw it. Uh, yeah, so it, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. The match itself wasn't that cool. Penn State just just wiped up the mat with Ohio State, just crushed them, and uh, they well, won all the matches they shouldn't have won. And and of course they won all the matches they should have won. It was it was pretty impressive. They could probably take eighth with their backup kids that <laughs> rolls with their thoroughbreds. Yeah, you yeah. know, like that Penn State gets anybody they want in wrestling. Yeah. So does Ohio State, but. Yeah. But that that oh, was that's neat, dude. Yeah, that was that was cool experience for me and uh, my son. In the open and your son's a wrestler. Yeah, well, David got a, I got a picture with Kale and David at the Penn at the Penn State Open tournament every year. They have one like usually at the end of February, beginning of March, and uh, yeah, I got a picture with Dave and Kale. That's awesome. He's taller than you think. He's, he's about my height, maybe a little bit taller. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I that was cool. I was sitting right next to him. They all they all walked right by me. Said, yeah, you know, so he's uh, big dude. Yep. Yeah. That was, what do what do you wrestle at? Uh, when he won, when when he it's won, be heavyweight. no, no, not at all, not even close, six, dude. Three? He wrestled Daniel Cormier in the NCAA finals. I, 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 don't, I think they, I think I, they might have went, they might have went at 87. They might have wrestled at 80, 187 pounds in college. I don't have to look yeah. that up. I don't uh, exactly yeah. know. Yeah, I think that's that might even be heavy. You know, it, it, it was pretty lean, pretty. You look, you stand right next to him. He's still extremely lean guy, but uh, oh, yeah. I, if I had to guess, it's 160, 170, something like that. If I had to guess, really was his wrestling weight, but uh, we'll have to look it up. Okay, look it up. But Carry yeah. on. oh, I got a message from a fan, Dave. Uh, Mark Z 
says, uh, tell Brosnick he's way better making fun of people than reading promotions. <laughs> and then... Yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> no contest. And, and then sent some pictures of some... Uh, I, I don't know if it's a b- baboon or an orangutan. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Harsh, Damn, man. Mark. <laughs> Eric, uh, <laughs> Eric, your ottoman, by the way, says get your weight up on your punches. <laughs> It's not happening. Eric's Ottoman. <laughs> Eric, Eric's Ottoman checked in. I'm, and I'm said, happy the way I am, Ottoman. All right? uh, yeah, 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 Rowan University made Eric's Ottoman go to bully classes. <laughs> Step that smoke up, dog. <laughs> Anti-bullying the uh, 101. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that, 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 that's awesome. <laughs> thank you o- thank you ottoman for chiming in we appreciate your input keep them coming <laughs> sue that ottoman yeah, team, man. you're right that ottoman. you're harassment right. intimidation and bullying you're right <laughs> chris christie probably cow, bi- probably bias intimidation yeah <laughs> well spe- speaking of speaking of bullying oh boy <laughs> we we had a lot going on in the fishing industry uh this you know, these past couple of weeks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty awesome segue, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of seems like there was trying to be some bullying going on. I don't know. But we had uh, we had the the MLF, the Bass Pro Tour, step out with lights, camera, action, and big names, all, all the major guys in the sport with a really creative format and uh, an amazing broadcast team. And mm. and just roll out big, man. Yeah. Super big. Uh and it was it caught it caught my attention. I watched I watched every single day of, of the competition. Did did what, were you guys able what, to watch? What I took no, I did not. But what shocked me most was how many Floridians were absent from the top ten in all of the finals. Right. That's usually not the way it is. January, February fishing in Florida, they're littered. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very rare. And you had guys from Canada coming down. Canada. <laughs> not only one, but two. Canada. I mean, that might be the first time ever two people from Canada ever got top ten in a Florida tournament. Guarantee you. About that. It's probably the only two yeah. times two people from Canada ever fished in Florida at the same time. <laughs> those fish on St. John's were in full. They were, they were on beds. You know, those guys were, you but, know, if they, if they found the right areas to be, they were catching. Yeah, them. but they, you know how hard it is to go down there and beat them Florida boys in no, January yeah. and February, dude? Like, it, yeah. there might be no better home field advantage. And you, you've been in, you've done this, you, you're way more longer in the tooth than me. There may be no better home field advantage than January, February Florida tournaments from Florida State people. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. The, the, you'll see, and most of the guys that did well in these tournaments all will say the same exact thing there. They're like, I, I'm just glad to get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. glad to get out of here with some fish catches, some, some points. points, yeah, something for sure. And uh, and they wind up doing well because the Florida strain bass, especially in Florida, is extremely temperamental, and uh, it does not like the cold fronts. It, it does not like any fronts. Um, Learn this from JT. We did some live stuff with JT, yeah. and he's, you know, he says, man, it's not really about the water temperature. It's just about the change. They don't like it. They like it stable, just right across the board. And if it's stable, those fish will bite. Most of us that don't deal with that all the time have have a hard time with it. And and Mike too, you know. Yeah. And Mike had a great tournament. And um, you know, but most you're right. You know, the Florida guys have a big advantage. I only I remember one whose name I didn't know, and Scott Martin for FLW. There was only out of the thirty that we're talking about out of the three tournaments top ten, mm-hmm. Scott Martin and some other Florida guy. The rest were a bunch of. 
Yep. Bunch of invaders, man. <laughs> well, with your, there's a lot of new people on the FLW tour, right? These, uh, um, you know, we got Brian Thrift left there, Scott Martin. A lot of the, you know, top FLW guys have migrated over to either at, um, MLF or the Bass Elites. So, uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of change, and so we're seeing a lot of new names yeah. on both of those tournament trails. And uh, and you know, guys, I want to invite you guys. Um, you guys watching at home, uh, we I want to hear from you. Uh, what do you guys think? Who won? Was there a winner? Uh, you know, FLW, Bass Elites, MLF. Who who do you guys think? You know, won the week or or what? What's your perspective on it? Good or bad? We want to hear from you guys uh, on the IM board. So and I'll start it with this: being that we just talked about wrestling and wrestling, we're always looking at brackets. Mm-hmm. For me, the uh, the Bass Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. Three classic winners and an FLW winner in their top ten on the final day. Wow. Three classic winners. Yep. And an FLW winner. Yeah, that's pretty. And I'm trying to read Brian's whiteboard here, and it says Trans-Hom. Trans Hom. <laughs> Transition to our Skype guest. Pete. Transition to our Skype guest. <laughs> 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 very smooth, very smooth transition we're working on very, right there. Very chat and our and our Skype guest. Do we have our Skype guest ready to go? There we he is. will shortly as soon as we uh, crop this picture. Picture. Yeah. So I, I, that's what I noticed most was how heavy the uh, the major league fishing bracket was. Man. Oh yeah. Murderers. Oh yeah. They they definitely had some uh, some big names, but you know the bass elites they have some super talents and. Uh, you know they have um, they kept several of the former bass elites, including Rick Clone, who won the tournament, were there, and a bunch of new guys um, that that from FLW, some new guys from the Opens. These guys are all hammers too, and you watched them shine uh, during this tournament. And we are very very fortunate uh, to have uh, a, a pair of them that made the finals. Uh, and I'm really excited to meet these guys. These are brothers that compete. They compete on FLW. Now they're competing on the elites. Uh, we have via Skype, we have Chris and Corey Johnston. Welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> how, how, where, where are you guys right now? Are, are you guys? You guys are practicing for another derby, aren't you? Yeah, we had to, we had to switch gears and get the winter clothes on. We are at a house on Lake Lanier. We just got off the water about an hour ago. Um, we drove all night to get here, so we got about four hours sleep. Now we were just rigging some rods, kind of switching modes, getting 12-pound test on instead of 60, and we're staying at house here with Gussie, Chris Grow, and Seth Fighter. So they might oh, make wow. a special appearance. You never know. They're nice. our guys. Man, they're very nice. There's a bunch of Northerners in that house, man. Yeah, there's a lot of us here, yes. You guys Two got beer drinkers in this house. <laughs> yeah, <we're all. laughs> you guys need to get like a token Southerner in there or something to keep you to keep it honest. <laughs> who, who transports the hockey sticks in the nets? <laughs> oh, they they always come with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. snakes off if they try to get in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that, that well, that that's got to be a fun house, man. You guys, you guys got to uh, go live and let us know what's going on over there. But uh, <laughs> but but you guys came off a big win. You know, you didn't win the tournament, but to me, it's a win. Big you, win. You guys, monster finishes in your first elite. Uh, Chris, I know you took second place. Uh, 
and you took second to, you know, arguably the, the greatest angler in the history of the sport, Rick Klon. I mean, are you guys riding high from this? you got to be sitting in a great spot right now. I'm, I'm thrilled. Um, just to be on the same stage as Rick is an honor. And uh, if he's going to beat you, he might as well do it with 34 pounds. It's not like he beat me by ounces, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so he deserved it. <laughs> yeah, congrats. Or not 34, but to weigh in 34 pounds and beat me. That was that was amazing. Uh, what you guys were weighing in there, man. That thirty pound bag, thirty pound bag. We saw them every day. We saw massive amounts of twenty pound bag. Have you guys ever fished around a lake putting out that size of fish before? No, I mean we don't get to, the only big bass we get to catch are smallmouths. We don't get uh, we don't get a ton of big largemouths. But uh, I, we, I've never ex- experienced bags like that before ever. You know, I I had almost twenty eight pounds and it was like the fourth biggest bag that day or something like that it was just stupid <laughs> did did you guys find any commonality with that body of water versus what you guys have at home that you were able to transition or translate it to to do so well the both of you yeah absolutely we uh we kind of cut our teeth flipping for largemouths back home in milfoil and uh pencil reeds and and cane that kind of stuff so uh florida looks very familiar to us and that's kind of why we uh we like it so much yeah, I mean that's a for me it's amazing. Two guys from the frozen tundra coming down to Florida and winning. A, a, when we say winning, we know, we know he didn't win, but I'm just saying like winning for us, going down there and placing in the top ten and beating a, a bunch of Floridian killers in their own home body of water, going down and, and smashing them. Man, it's amazing. Yeah. That's a victory. Well, your your talents obviously make the transition. Uh, you know, we all expect you guys to. Uh, something special with smallmouth and the northern bodies of water. So, uh, you know, we've seen it on the FLW. Now we've seen it now on the Bass Elites. Uh, I've heard rumors about how you guys, what you guys are doing, and i got to ask you some of this stuff. Uh, are you, you know, we used to do stuff back when I was in a bass club where, you know, we would, uh, as a club, we would share information. We would combine our winnings and, and split it out. Uh, we would do things to really help each other and take share areas, uh, which is really unheard of out on the pro tour to that extent. But I, I've heard you guys do a little bit of that. Uh, is, is that true? Is that is, are you guys working that close together? Yeah, and it it all it all kind of started when we were younger. We grew up fishing team tournaments. That's all there really was in Canada. So we had all the all the gear. We just kept it our parents and. Um, all the money just went in the same pot because it was a team tournament. And then uh, we started into our family business, which is um, we were working together anyways. And uh, it was working well, so we started fishing on the American circuit and getting into bigger money. But we always just kept the same format that we just put all our money into the same account we've been using since we were 14. Um, it worked. Wow. It worked then. Wow. It's been working now. And as far as the information goes, we do share information, but it's the same as almost any pro that goes out in the water. He has his buddies that he calls and said, hey, how are you making out? Is this lake sucking or is it just me? And uh, we do the same thing. But the nice thing is between us, we don't hold anything back. So you get buddies that can kind of they tell you a little bit, but they don't want to tell you the juice that, yeah, I'm catching them in 20 feet of water on a crankbait, but we will tell each other that stuff. And we try not to fish the same water. And actually sometimes okay. it's annoying because he'll tell me that, Hey, I got maybe the winning fish up in this Creek. Don't go anywhere near it. So I'm like, Oh, well that sucks. I can't go anywhere near the Creek. And I, I don't even get a chance to check it, but we, we work together like that. We try not to take each other's fish 
and we try not to share share fish because if you're sharing fish it's pretty hard to win a big tournament so um we try and stay away from each other but help each other in the fact that hey i'm getting them on a spinner bait on wood or something like that try it in that end of the lake or stuff like that and i think a lot of other other anglers do that they're just not as open about it right right cory i got a question which brother found this mother load <laughs> well it's uh it's kind of a funny story because um when we were in florida during practice and the start of practice leading up to it it was a major cold front and uh we knew that there was a big warm front coming so a lot of the stuff that we actually practiced didn't have any fish on it then so we kind of knew what was coming and where these fish were kind of going to go and chris got a couple bites in one patch of reeds um nothing major and uh you know the first day of the tournament i went sight fishing for the most part caught a couple off docks the same stretch that rick Hung caught all his off of actually and uh you got out fish fished by rick i did but, <laughs> um, but uh long story short after that weigh-in chris said you know I, I caught him in those reeds really good so uh i went the next day did my stretch of docks and then i went and i knew where there's a patch of reeds and i pulled into those patch of reeds and um beat on them pretty good and uh, the third day, I basically stuck it out in those reeds and caught almost 28 pounds in those reeds. So Chris initially um, said that they were they were pulling up to spawn in those reeds, and then I went around looked for a bunch more of it. And uh, you know that's kind of how our teamwork pays off. It was it was kind of we were we were joking around in practice saying like there was none on these reeds, but I could see all the old beds in these reeds, and I kept going looking. At, and I'm hoping to find a bet, a big better on these on these reeds, but I could never find any in practice. But jokingly, jokingly, I said if they ever pull up to spawn, I know where they're going to go because I can see all the old beds everywhere. And sure enough, I think in our off day we had 80 degree weather for two or three days. I think they all just showed up. And if you you could see the top 10 guys, what 90 percent or nine out of the 10 were flipping reeds. So um, it was definitely the pattern to to win on. I don't know. I think Rick was fishing docks, doing something a little different. But, um, yeah, there just wasn't enough reeds to go around for everyone. If they had been on those reeds in practice, they would have got smoked. Right. And there would have been 30 guys flipping the 30 patches of reeds in the lake. So it's kind of worked out well that they weren't there in practice. Chris, do you think Corey, with his newfound confidence, like has like an offshore account now? Hey. <laughs> preparing uh, for the preparing to divorce you. He's sizing you up for a divorce. I can see it in his eyes, man. Look at him. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I'm just gonna give him a beating and take whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, is it true? Is it true that uh, that you didn't? I think it was you, Chris, that you didn't win because your brother, you know, took the scissors out of your boat the night before that day of competition whoa 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 Let, let's back up here it was chris that took the scissors out of my boat <laughs> that's a fact i mean he had to use his pliers chris that had to cost yeah. him at least 10 casts a day you oh, kept him yeah. you may have kept him out of the winner's circle 
Absolutely. I don't, I don't feel bad for one second. <laughs> I, if I if I caught a fish with a hook buried, I didn't even have pliers to get it out with. All I had was a pair of scissors. Been <laughs> <laughs> there. So. Uh, that was that was great comment. Did you see that? He's, no, I didn't. He, the, he he was like using a pair of pliers. Corey was to cut his line. He's like my stupid brother took my scissors last night. Oh, tag. So as I got his pliers to cut the braid with. You're speaking of brothers, guys. If you could if you could leave your bodies and go into some other pro tour brothers' bodies, would you rather? Who would you rather? Like what bodies would you want to possess? Would you want to be the Lee brothers, the Shryock brothers, or the uh, Lane or the Lane brothers? <laughs> Definitely got to be the Lane brothers. I mean, they're pretty cool guys. I met them both, and uh, you know they like to party. We like to party. You That's know, like up. to have fun. That's what's up. So uh, it's got to be the Lanes. <laughs> this this house we're staying at could be a lot of fun if we all bomb. Um, come, come Friday night, we might be letting loose if we're all not fishing Saturday. So well, you we got. Might, gr- you yep. got you got grow dragging you down, so there's a good chance. <laughs> <laughs> He's standing beside us laughing. <laughs> well, what do you think? Have you guys been on the water uh, at all up there? Or I guess you I guess you started today. How's uh, yeah, how's Lake Lanier we get out, looking? We got out this morning, and uh, it's a lot different from the Lanier. I remember last year, you could go anywhere and catch a fish. And uh, it's a lot tougher right now, but there's still some big ones to be had. Just they don't seem to be grouped up as well. I heard actually Chris Grove was saying last week the water was 59, and now it's 49 this week. Oh, so I don't know if that's great. got them in a bit of a funk, but there, there's going to be some big ones caught though. Wow, that place is uh, that place is really coming on strong. Back in the day, we'd catch 12 pounds of spots on Lake Lanier, and and you'd be you'd be a hero. Now it seems like there's 20 pound bags of spots to be had. Yeah, um, I think it's 23 pounds. Won a local derby out here a week ago, or we can have to go. So <laughs> they live out there. Man, they're they are definitely. It sounds like you guys are drinking behind the scenes. Yeah, what's, far, what's right now, man. Oh, I don't know what they're doing. They're they're already having a couple beers. <laughs> Sounded like water they got a boiling. More energy. They got a lot of rest last night. <laughs> is, is there is there oh a, yeah is there any boiling water I, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh so you guys are at lake lanier you started off to a, a big a big you know great start here on the elites man uh you talked about fishing next to rick clun man were you intimidated i i First time I fished next to that guy, man, I picked my trolling motor up and drove across the lake. I was scared. No, I was scared it's, my lure, like a ripple from the, my cast, might hit his boat or something. Tell the truth. You said the Bengay was making your eyes water. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a funny uh, funny thing because the, the second day on that, uh, I went to that stretch of docks, and uh, first day I caught two good ones off it. So I go there the second day, and I'm working up this shoreline, and I kind of get to a little turn, and I'm looking, and I'm like, ah, who's that boat coming down? And it turns out it's Clun. And I had missed a fish on the dock, and he's, like, right there. So I spin the boat around to go back to the dock, and Clun's right beside me, and he says, uh, fish in new water today, are you? And I looked at him and said, nope, same stuff as yesterday, Rick. Whoa. And he goes, uh, oh, okay, oh, well, you know, so we kind of had a little few words here and there, and uh, – you know, long story short, she all got settled out. I don't think he knew that I was there, and I didn't know that he was there. So, uh, you know, that's that's kind of fishing. 
Good for you, standing up for yourself. It would have been funnier if you just said, no, Rick, I didn't fish here uh, before. I just saw you here, so yeah. I came over and decided to fish. It's got to be a good spot. Yeah, my mom told me you were here. <laughs> Next time I see him, that's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to do psychological warfare. You can't play the honest role. Especially, like, if you do over, over like, be overly Canadian about it. Like, no, Rick, my mom told me. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So sorry, Ricky. Jump over there, Jersey him quick, a few uppercuts. That's what's up, bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Corey, you look, you look like you've jerseys a, f- a few fools. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me, dude. Once I, or twice, I, you know. Hey, dude, I was, uh, so I understand you guys both played hockey, right? A little bit. Yeah, I yeah. don't think there's many Canadians that don't play. Right. And uh, so I played. Me and Ike played, you know, we played back in the day. I was just looking at your guys' profile picks today. And, Corey, i got to be honest, just looking at your face – Dude, you look like you were a nightmare to play against. Like I'm looking at <laughs> it's just you know, that ugly yeah, face. Dude, I looked at your FLW profile pick and I looked at your face. And I'm like, God, he was probably a dick to play against. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know what? That's that's putting it that's putting it mildly. I believe yeah. that, man. <laughs> how, how do you how do you determine by the look? Uh, just looks like a mean player. Yeah, just a smashed up face. You don't want to go up to and start with. Yeah, you can just look eyes, at someone man. and say that guy's probably a bit of a you yeah. know what to play against. It's it's, <laughs> it's the eyes, dude. The eyes have. Yeah, it. yeah, but the, the, those bass jerseys don't really bode well for hockey fighting. Bro, like, look you, at the eyes. You know? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, if you were gonna if you were gonna fight a bass angler, you would would you try to pull the jersey over his head or would you just go straight up? You know, guns and move around and maybe move in and out. Are you going to try to pull the jersey over? Well, his head? you got to grab him right by the front of the jersey. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Absolutely. To get your range. Like I can see you speed up, but you treat it like a hockey. Fight I can see if he was wearing a hoodie, but those like those like flimsy sponsor shirts. I don't know how well they would hold up in a hockey fight. Well, you got to have quality jerseys just in case you get in a fight on the water. You never know. You guys need to have hockey jerseys done up with sponsor stuff on it. That's <laughs> that, been talked about. That was actually discussed for maybe when we go uh, up north, closer to home. They're called sweaters in Canada. Really? In a, in a hockey helmet for takeoff. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hockey gloves. You know what I mean, dude? Yeah, gloves on the steering wheel. It's been it's been discussed. Yeah, that'd be the best part. If you blew up on Clun and he's like yeah, fishing new water and you like threw the gloves down, drop them, yeah, <laughs> throw the sims down. That like, would be good. like, nah, dude. I heard you were here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but Rick could probably beat him up. That'd be the sad thing. Oh man, dude. Yeah, yeah. That that would uh, Jedi mantra. Yeah, you got to go back to Canada, man. What position? <laughs> what what positions did you guys play? Center, right wing, both of us. Okay. okay. Yeah. Is, guys, I'm sorry. You can answer this if you want to. Guy, I don't know anything about hockey. Is there different body types that play different positions? Like, like, sort of. Not, like, not like football. Not like, no. It's pretty, pretty generic. Okay. Whatever you're good at. But your yeah. defensemen always seem taller than everybody else. Am I, am I imagining yeah, that? Yeah, sometimes. You're, you're probably right. Back in the old days, the defensemen were the big, slower guys. But okay. the times have changed, and now they got to be more agile, and they're smaller. But, gotcha. um, yeah. But, okay. yeah, um, on hockey, you got your first line, and then there's usually four lines. The fourth line is the weaker one, and they're usually the, the dumb ones that usually get beat up all the time. And guess where Corey played? First line. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Now, did your high school team have a hockey team? Oh, we did, but, uh, you know, high school sports where we live aren't as big as they are in the States. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, we have, uh, like, our junior hockey, which is the biggest, you know, kind of thing that there is. 
But we did we did have hockey back in high school, and that was our biggest high school sport where we were from. Football, there's probably five sports. Football was probably the fifth one <laughs> if you're ranking them. If I were to ask you guys, uh, out of all of your, everyone you've talked to tonight in the room, who was a championship goalie on a championship team? Who would you think was a championship goalie? I'll tell uh, you, it was me. Chris Rowe? No, it was me. It was me. He just looks like a goalie. Ni- 1984, Volts Intramural League. I was the championship goalie, just so you know. Oh, All right. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Is that for what, ball hockey? No, nah, dude, it was middle school, man. It was like, Yeah, it was, it was ball hockey, exactly. I don't know what I was doing. Goalies are always the weirdest ones on the team, just so you know. Yeah, well, thanks. I've never, ever in my whole life met a normal goalie. Nah, yeah. and Dave, Dave had no skills, so that's where he got stuffed. Yeah. Right but again, I was still. The, I don't know, man. If you're the champ, if you're the champ goalie on a team, and you're the goalie, right? That means you did some right things, no? Yeah. How do you, you hide a goalie on? You. How do yeah, you hide a goalie on a, a championship of, you took a lot of rubber in the face, is what you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll stop. Just stand there, look big. I'm out. <laughs> hey, wasn't the uh, wasn't the St. John's where where Ish threw the guy in the lake at the lock? Was that was that at the St. John's when that happened, or was what? that Toho? I don't was know. Toho. I thought it was Toho. Toho. Was, was that Toho? Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys been at this long enough now, man. Have you gotten any scraps out there, man? Get come no, not, I, not physically, but there's been a lot of times where I wish he could. Like, I wish <laughs> he could, like, could just, like, five minutes in the box, like Major League Fishing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, go fight, go get fight him, him and get sort of leave him out and take a five-minute break. Need to get well, a ring other, other, other than, other than Scott Martin, who's who's the guys you want to fight the most out there? <laughs> well, there's a few Canadians where, I, like, I would – I would pay a lot of money to get my hands on him. Curtis Richardson, I'd love to. I would love to get my hands on him. Curtis, where you at, dog? <laughs> how about How about Ian Shout West? Out. You want to punch him in the face? No, he's a good dude. He's All right. right. <laughs> Ian gave me a lot of storylines for tonight. He said, "Don't mention my name. Yeah. Don't mention my name." <laughs> he is a good dude. I like Ian. I, I I I give you the green light on wearing gloves and the and the hockey helmet. At the next derby, we're, yeah. we're expecting that at Lanier. Now we got it. Uh, not not Lanier. We didn't bring him here, but maybe when we get up north, you got to get him Ta- a Bash U yeah. jersey. You got to get a Bash U hockey sweater done up. All right, eh? come on. Ta- Tackle Warehouse has that stuff. We'll, yeah. they'll, they'll ship it in, man. <laughs> I think they even carry hockey gloves. <laughs> <laughs> they may start. You never know. We didn't even get into the X's and O's of their success. Yeah. Well, on that on that note. Um, were you, were you guys uh, uh, sight fishing, or were you just blind casting your stick baits? I was. Uh, I did a lot of uh, sight fishing the first two days, and uh, I caught a couple big ones doing that. And then uh, once I got onto those reeds, it was pretty much the reeds and the docks. I was I was able to actually sight fish a couple in the reeds on day two and three. On day two, I was going through the reeds. You can only see once the sun gets up at like ten o'clock. And uh, I was going through, and I you can only see, like, right below your boat, which is a foot and a half of water. And uh, I went over one. I'm like, oh, God, that's a giant. It was a seven-and-a-half, almost eight-pounder. And I went by it. I come back around and made a couple flips to it. I couldn't see her, so I moved up, and she swam off the bed again. Anyways, I pulled down, and after about five minutes, she came back and bit. And that was the biggest one I probably ever sight-fished off a bed, an eight-pounder. So that was fun. I bet that was fun. I, I noticed you guys were flipping it. It seemed like you were flipping a stick bait. Is that right? I, I, I thought I saw both of you guys doing that. 
I yeah. was I was throwing a speed worm a lot more. My reeds were a lot more isolated. Okay. So I kind of flip it or cast it way out with a foot of water. You couldn't get close to the reeds because you'd spook fish. So I was casting a little speed worm out and casting it by and just slowly creeping along the bottom through the reeds and I got. Ah, uh, hey Brian. Brian. It Red. sounds way a little heavier. The stuff I was flipping was a lot thicker. Um, you needed the heavier line, heavier rod to to get them out of it. Right. That must have been awesome, jamming those big, giant fish. Oh, man. dude, my ribs are killing me right now. <laughs> like, it, was, my, it was awesome. My favorite one was the last day because my water got dirty, so I switched to 65-pound braid and started flipping flipping a heavy craw, and I got to finally crack one on braided line. I was sick of that fluorocarb. I don't like flipping a fluoro on that Cinco, so I got to actually put a 3-ounce weight on, or 3-8-ounce three, three weight and crack one. And it's just a different feeling, and they don't have a chance when they're coming to the boat. Yeah, that must that must be awesome. Did did you have opportunities? Like I know, you know, going through four days of fishing, man, you must have had a few mishaps. Did you miss any of them giants? The first day, um, I went sight fishing for the morning on a, a different area because I found some on day two and three and some canals, and I lost an eight pounder. Fought it for like a minute and a half, and it came off onto the boat. And then the last day, I lost one in the thick reeds, and I didn't move it. It was on fluorocarbon. It could have been a three-pounder. It could have been a six or seven. I don't know how big it was. but And then I lost one about five on a frog. So over wow. four days, I lost three fish. It's not terrible, but it wasn't a clean week by any means. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I lost, uh, I lost a, a nice four-pounder the last day. Um, you know, it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have helped me a ton, but uh, there was one other fish that I had in the reeds. I forget what day it was now, but day three. Uh, day three, I guess it was actually in the pads. Right after I caught like a six pounder, and I when I stuck it, I couldn't even get it out. It was just ripping through the pads, and it popped off. And again, I don't know how big it was, but it wasn't a small one. Yeah, nice, Chris. Those, how many? Those, uh, I'm sorry, could those lost fish have put you in the winner's circle, Chris? For me, ah, you never know looking back, but I. If I put an eight pounder in my bag, on I weighed in two that were a pound and three quarters and two pounds the first day. So if I put an eight pounder in, gives me six more pounds. All you needed was a six pounder the last day to win. No, but I'm talking about the one I lost, the eight pounder, the first day. It would have it would have bumped me up six pounds. So I didn't look at the overall weight, how much he beat me by, but yep. so yep. it, it could have very well. But Chris. That, yeah, that happens. You're gonna lose one or two fish. Chris, on so, the note yeah. of uh, on the note of eight pounders, uh, how many fish did you see that shiner boat bring over the gunnels? <laughs> that was disgusting. It made oh. me want to throw up. Can you elaborate? So, right, right where they were parked is where I wanted to start because the day before I started frogging before I got in the reeds on those pads, uh. and I said to the I said to Zona before I got a little set of pads. I think I can get one first thing in the morning, and I pulled up. And they were sitting right in the area on the edge of the reeds. And they, I was hoping they would pull up, but I didn't say anything. He's like, oh, are you in the tournament? How are you doing? I'm like, oh, pretty good. I'm leading. Yeah. And uh, he goes, on. You're oh, on my spot. all right, well, just go go wherever you want. But they weren't leaving. And then they started catching them. I, they probably had 30-plus pounds in the boat. Ah. And they caught seven or eight for five, I'm talking. They were giants. And then they started casting into the reeds because I wasn't right by them for a bit. And they, I watched them catch two or three giants around the reeds. And I might not have caught, caught those, but those were the big females that kept pulling up into the reeds where I was fishing. So that hurt. 
Were they using spinning rods? What's that? What was the question? Nothing. <laughs> chicken down. Now you guys, you guys from Canada coming down, right, and and doing what you did in Florida against some Florida guys, right? It's almost like the early days of bass. What was that guy from Massachusetts, Danny uh, Korea? Yeah, like those guys coming down from That's, up there. It, it's not much of a, a wild correlation, right? Well, it's not. Well, here's I, and and I'm glad you brought that up because you guys don't get to fish that long. You get to fish a few months a year, and uh, you know. How did you? How and and I, that's always been my theory why the guys from the south are dominate the sport generally speaking because they get to practice reps, more. get they, more reps. Yeah, they get to fish twelve months a year, ten months a year. How in the world did you guys get so good fishing in such a short season? We uh, we actually got a little lucky. We grew up. Our our dad was big time into the the bass fishing, um, into the tournament scene in Canada. So. Uh, you know, we got to learn everything that he's already known from a very young age. And, um, you know, he took us out in the boat from, you know, as soon as we could walk. And, uh, you know, we learned all that. And his bread and butter was basically punching mats, flipping reeds, you know, fishing for largemouth and heavy cover. And, you know, as we grew up, we kind of taught him how to catch smallmouths. And, you know, it's just been uh, an ongoing thing. Nice. That's that's why when we go down to Florida, that's the stuff we grew up yeah. fishing. Reeds, grass. If there's milfoil, we'll flip deep milfoil. So um, that's yeah. Some of the other places in Canada don't have that luxury. I think where Gussie's from, they don't have that type of fishing with cane and um, like buggy whips and stuff. But luckily where we live, um, we got tons of largemouth fisheries that relate to Florida. Eric has a question. I mean, to me. That's the most interesting part of this dynamic, the fact that there are two brothers that fish together like this, because I have a brother, he's three years younger than me. My dad took us both out when you know we were four or five years old. Here I am sitting here today. I've never been fishing with my brother in my life. I mean, he hates it. He can't stand it. So to me, that's what I, I really find interesting about this story is the fact that the dad took them out and they both caught the bug instantly. Because it's really one of those things that you either have or you don't. Agreed. And I know a lot of brothers, like I know a lot of dudes that fish and they have brothers that don't fish or just mm-hmm. don't want anything to do with it, like me. So that's why seeing something like this is so fascinating. My dad Dude. bought me and my brother Walt one time 100 pounds of pork and we ate friggin' pork for like two months straight. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Other than the obvious pork reference, but do, you, do, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember what inspired you? Like, do you remember your first fish? Do you remember what, like, the the moment when that happened? You're like, dude, this is awesome. I love this sport. No, I, I, I can't really recall uh, one specific one or my first fish, but. Uh, you know, we had a, a green wing trout derby, it's called, and it was at the, the lift lock, Peterborough lift locks where we live. And, uh, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of kids that go there. You win bikes and all kinds of stuff. So um, our parents would take us down there when we were younger. And dad, knowing how to catch, you know, trout his whole life, we'd catch like 200 of these things a day. And we win like bikes and you know, watches and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, winning stuff from fishing at an early age kind of, I think, built it up to where we are today. For for me, um, I, I don't remember my first fish or anything. I, I could look back. I got tons of pictures between the both of us when we were four years old holding up big bass. But um, my first tournament when I was 11, I remember that one very well. 
it was on Curve Lake, and uh, we caught my dad and I fished it. We caught everyone on top water, and uh, I don't know, we weighed like 17 pounds, but we got like two or three thousand dollars cash, and I got to keep all the money. And uh, I was hooked on tournaments since then, <laughs> and uh, so it, it's been fun. And uh, I believe it or not, we're pretty young still, but we've been fishing tournaments for 20 years at least each of us so we've got a little bit of experience now and now we're trying to get at that or carry that into the states and progress what you just said is very important about the 20 years experience one of the most popular questions we get from our younger viewers is how do i get into fishing and you guys it's immersion right you guys have been immersed for, since you were 11 you just said your first tournament i mean 20 yeah. years yeah. you know and I'm telling you, right, if if you can, guys, if we, it's I know you're always asking the question. I don't put them through because I'm tired of seeing it. <laughs> twenty years, you got to be at this game, and here they are. Twenty years later, they're sticking with it. You yeah. got to be absorbed with it constantly. You never need to ask it again. The template is on this episode, and these guys have it. It's the guys right? that are obsessed. It's the guys yeah. that are 110 yeah. obsessed. We, we never quit learning. Like um, I look back at tournaments three or four years ago, and if I had known now what I knew then. Or no, no. Now I should have known then. I would have won tournaments. But you're always learning and progressing, sure. getting better. And I, I wish I had the knowledge that I have now and go back ten years because you'd win every tournament. Yeah, I so it's, it's just you keep getting better and growing as an angler with experience. You, younger anglers, follow these guys. Follow these guys as much as you can because I don't think for those of you that don't follow the sport, two Canadians coming down and placing in a top ten in a Florida January tournament. It's a unicorn in the wild, man. It does not happen. All right. Hey, and and, and it, it, once again, it's, it's a parent that that introduced a parent, an uncle. It seems like how we all got introduced to the sport, and, uh, and that's really awesome that your dad. Does your dad still compete in tournaments? Do you guys team up? What do you? What's that? No, uh, he gets. He still he still loves fishing, and uh, when we're back home, he really likes going out practicing with us. And the odd tournament, one of us can't fish, and uh, he's he's the fill-in. So if one of us can't fish a team tournament, he gets the call, and he he loves to go. So he's. Yeah, he wants one of us to who, fish uh, Thousand Islands Open with him this year. Who's we, might, your, we might make it happen. Who's your dad always seem busy when they're asking to go fishing? So who's he like fishing with more is what I'm asking you, I guess. I don't know. We can ask him. He's sitting right here. Get yeah. him over there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's just sitting there laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Chris. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where's he at? I was going to buy a sheep today. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he might have mentioned on Bass Live that, uh, that one of you guys maybe uh, – had a too many, had had a bit too many the night before, and didn't wake up before a classic the next day for practice. Well, that's something I don't along know about those lines. Story, Can you but the maybe I I didn't wake up early enough to go practice ah, or something like there that. There he is. There's, there's, never, there's never been a day that I've never woken up for a tournament. There's been many tournaments back in the day where I shouldn't have been fishing. Put it that way. Now, yeah. now we know. Now <laughs> we know who Dad's cutting the grass on fishing day. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> hey, well, you guys have uh, you guys have been to the the top of of two tournament trails now. Tell me about uh, your experience, man. It's like uh, you spent a lot of time at the FLW. You had your first event with Bass. Um, who's better and why? question a lot, and uh, you know we're uh, we're so similar. Like we we fish the same. Oh, yes. What did you ask? What tours better? I asked what tours better. 
Yeah. Oh, what tour? I thought what, you said which one he uses better. Well, I, that's a good uh, question. We can get too. into that after, though. <laughs> okay. Um, I it's it's hard to say, but I don't want to say. But this was our first Bass event, and the publicity we got from one event in Bass um, is second to none. And look at we're talking to you guys on that show, and we've done well in FLW. You never called us. So <laughs> we'll have anybody see, on them. You can see that yeah. the publicity is a little better on one side. And uh, there, you can't compete with the Bassmaster Classic. I don't care what it is. Um, they've got that title, and that's something we've always said we wanted to do was fish the Bassmaster Classic. So um, hopefully we can do that next year. But I, I'm, well on your way. I'm leaning towards one way. You can see where we're both fishing this year, too. So Unless you were just being courteous, uh, set your bar a little higher in terms of publicity with us. All right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have anybody on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys want to weigh in on what's happening at the MLF and uh, what they're doing to, to change the sport? Uh, I, I think it's good if they can grow the sport and reach a new audience, um, get a bunch more people into fishing. Um, I don't think it caters to the tournament anglers, um, the serious tournament anglers for watching, because I think they want to see your five biggest bass. Yeah. But. But and that's just talking to different serious guys. Um, but who knows? They they might be reaching a new audience that we don't know about. So. So Jordan caught 53 fish on this uh, total in the tournament. Is anyone talking about 53 fish? They're talking about clunning 35 pounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, they See, really are. That's the reality. No, there's of no bar. There's no bar to match it against. It's like okay, you got 50 fish for 70 pounds. There's nothing to compare that to. Yeah. Whereas. If you catch 100 pounds of bass in four days, you're up in that elite category. Yep. Seeing Klon hold those two, those two goddamn <laughs> yeah. it looked like sacks of laundry. Just two of them hanging out there. You know, it's ridiculous. I, I, I watched a, uh, I watched a movie the other day, and they said you don't go into a guy's den and see a picture of the of the 50 bass he caught. You see the, the picture of his personal best. You know? Yeah. His, his giants, but. You know, that being said, I mean, I watched the MLF. I mean, I was fascinated. I was I was glued to it. Um, I was glued to that as much as I was glued to the Bassmasters tournament. Uh, when they when Bass went live at the St. John's, I mean, who, who, that one guy with the catch under the concrete dock, I don't even know if you, you guys got say. to see that. Yeah, that was sick. Uh, that was one of the sickest fish catches I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so exciting to watch you guys duke it out. Menendez starting out with, uh, you know, 28-pound bag and, and watching that. And and I thought, you know, after I watched the MLF, I thought, man, the MLF's going to rule. Uh, and then I watched Bassmasters, and I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, this is the sport and, we all still love. And man. they have yeah. and they have Zona and Tommy. Yeah, well, that that, yeah, that no. they can't. Yeah, that can't be made up for. Zona, Tommy, yeah. that whole crew. That whole crew is amazing. They are the best. They are yeah. the gold standard. And, and everything about the blue and gold. I do like the new format. It's different. You know what I mean? It's different. You got nothing to compare it to, but it's new. It's the new thing. I like them both. You know what I mean? I, I like them. The problem I they got both have it, a spot. The problem I got with it is we Thank just had right. two, two, two major tournament trails on top of each other. We're about to have it again. Dude, I gotta work. I gotta get shit done, <laughs> yeah. and these guys are gonna be on while I'm trying to work. And I'm like, who's gonna have the balls to be like, okay, we start at three o'clock and we run to seven p.m. So at least I can watch some of it live while I'm not working. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if anybody's got the balls to go for that. But still, 
or I guess three to seven wouldn't work. Maybe noon to seven. But at any rate, dude, um, it's awesome. It's all good times. Johnson Brothers, how much of the live content do you guys consume? Um, I haven't seen any from the past two events. To be honest, I've been fishing tournaments, so yeah, we didn't even get a chance to watch any of the MLF. We were out uh, fishing on Okeechobee, practicing or in the tournament. So, and then I haven't seen. I I don't think I've watched one video on the Bassmaster just because it's been so hectic getting out of there last night and then getting down here. But I do want to take some time when I get home and go back and see some of the videos from that St. John's. Well, what you, what you, what you have to do is is uh, start not catching anything, and yeah. then you'll be able to watch the finals. <laughs> yeah. I did enough of that last year. I'm not going to do that no more. And why, and why is it okay for you Canadians to punch hooks through the face of our bass right now, and you can't even punch them through the face of your own because of lulls? Why is that all right? Well, we can, but it's just walleyes, and they don't count. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? What are you, what are you guys going to do with your newfound wealth? You're going to fight some of that for the for your fellow uh, Canadians? You're talking about the closed fishing closed season. Closed fishing season. Canadians cannot fish until like June something. Right? I'll tell you right now, that's that's part of the reason why our fishing is so incredible where we are because I mean, the smallmouth bass spawn kind of late and same with the largemouth and you know, um I kind of like it. In my, you know, it's it, they're just too easy to catch. As it is, let alone, you know, when they're sitting up there spawning and you get all the people from the city that are, will come and keep every single one of them. So uh, I kind of like it. See, I always thought it was because Canada has, like, the population of New Jersey through the whole thing. I don't know. That's what I thought I had to do with it. <laughs> There's only, like, 300,000 of you, right? Too. There's lakes that have never been fished, probably. There's bass that still haven't seen baits, which is nice. But I think you're going to see more Canadians coming down south in the Boom! winter and yeah. competing. In, Build that in wall. Ah, you're, you're all welcome. Build the wall north. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a little worried about that. We might not be able to come down fishing here in a couple of years. No, we allow you guys in with DWIs, but we can't go up to Canada if we were caught with a rope soda. <laughs> you know, what's up with that, you discriminatory... <laughs> Jesus drank the wine, man. <laughs> we need Trump you're, to come run our country for a couple of years. See how, see how we yeah, he loves your guy. That's for sure. Your, your DUI kept you out of Canada? I never had a DUI. I should. Never mind. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so, I, so I, it's got to be. You guys got to be an inspiration to Canadians to to get involved. I mean. Uh, are you are, when you go home? Does are, I mean, is it nuts when you show up to a tournament now with all your success, or are your you know guys from home going crazy? Um, we've we've had a ton of support from people sending us messages, following along. There's people at trade shows. They said they had a plane in their booths, and there was a huge crowd around watching. Um, but coming to tournaments, we got a lot of serious tournament anglers too. That when we show up to the ramp, they just want to beat us. They don't necessarily want to win but if they can say they beat us they did something yeah. which is great to see i love the i love the competitiveness and we have a lot of good anglers that just haven't had the chance to come down to the states whether it be expenses or work and i think you're going to see more guys taking that chance and competing down south so yeah, you, it'd be good to see you guys definitely are like the tiki and ronde barber of uh canada because i remember hearing ian always talk on the podcast about the johnson brothers the johnson brothers so yeah there is something to that i've heard yeah. Yeah. yeah, you guys are legendary up there. Ian West Johnston. He just yeah, changed yeah. his name. Yeah, you're... 
he hyphenated his name. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like a road warrior, hawk, and animal up there. Man. <laughs> I heard that uh, Alpha heard that and Sika's got a little bet going on us too. What's that? I heard that Ian West and those boys have a little bet going be on us too. Oh yeah. What's the bet? Uh, I mean, you're gonna have to ask him, but I think it's something about whoever makes more money between the two of us, or has the most points. The other to, person has to go and get a signed jersey. Come to our house. Come to our house and get a signed jersey. Where's the other like person's that? jersey? I don't know. You have to ask in the details. All right. <laughs> well, with with your roommates that you're traveling with, are you guys gonna start growing mullets and mustaches? <laughs> no, I think baby. that's all that. That's all. They got that all covered. <laughs> yeah, where are they at? Where are they at? Bring them in here. Yeah, they're over here. They're they're cooking burgers. I might go see how they're luck. There's probably not a bag of Doritos in sight in that house with them two. <laughs> you know There's no tasty cakes. Doritos and Pringles. Exactly. There's none of that around. The pretzels are gone. Fire through them all. Empty, just empty bags laying lifeless on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gore, you guys got uh, you guys got some northern tournaments coming up on the schedule. You guys got any smallmouth derbies you're looking forward to? Yeah, I can't wait to get to the St. Lawrence River. I mean, we spent a lot of time on the St. Lawrence and Lake Ontario, so uh, I'm pretty pumped to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. They're going to go kill that tournament, too, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is that. are you going to be going upriver like they have in the past? Uh, are you allowed on the lake this year? What, what's the deal on that? As far as I know, it's lake. It's uh, river only. Okay. Um, you know, I wish we could go out to the lake. I mean, that's kind of our bread and butter out there. We've We've uh, got her pretty dialed in, but uh, we're going to have to figure out the river a little better. We spent some time on it, but, uh, you know, we'll definitely be going out there in pre-practice and uh, looking for every smallmouth we can find. What is the deal with that place, man? Them, those fish got massive. Uh, I, we're all thinking it's the gobies, right? Yeah. Yep, gobies, zebra mussels, kind of a combination of everything. Yeah, there's a, there's a scientist, Bruce Tufts, that... All he does is research on the smallmouth out there at Queen's University, which is right on the water. And he's got all the data to prove it once the gobies come in. He's, he compares the gobies to Mar like Mars bars um, to us. He said <laughs> they just, they, all they do is eat those Mars bars, and they just swell up. And he has stats on how long it takes a fish to get up to five pounds. And I think the quickest he's seen is uh, maybe – 10 years or even less than that to get to eight, five, eight or 10 years. Yeah. Five pounds smally, which wow. you used to take 20 plus years or 20 years to get that big. God. Wow. Man, that's awesome. Uh, the strong men should start just eating those things like sardines, dude. There's got to be something to it, right? Like as an athlete, gobies. Just <laughs> gorge gobies? a bunch of gobies and get yourself jacked. No need for roids anymore. <laughs> you dude. might you <laughs> might want to run after you eat all the Mars bars though. <laughs> no, nah, I'm talking about gobies, bro. Straight yeah. gobies. <laughs> Eric and his Go friend with the recreational activities eat all the Mars bars off the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gobies. That'd be an interesting diet plan. I, I think that would build the muscle. We'll see. But I know it builds them giant small mouth. Hey guys. Um, we're gonna let you go. I know you guys got to get up early tomorrow. Um, I just congratulations. It was, yeah. it was so much fun to watch you guys. I uh, just wanted to let you know that, and, and congratulations on a great event. We're gonna be watching the rest of the season, and uh, wish you guys the best of luck. Thanks, thanks for being with us tonight. Thanks, right guys. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks, Appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Thanks. See you, Johnson brothers. Woo! Man, I like them. <laughs> 
What a deal, man! I, I like them for sure, man. They're they're a lot of fun. I'm a new fan. That house is is so casual. What a deal with uh, you know with them and and Chris Grow and uh, Eel Pout Snout. Um, <laughs> Eel Pout Snout. Uh, <laughs> fighter. Ah. Seth Fighter. I don't know that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you you pop that brain cell. <laughs> you nah. pop that brains up. I mean, all them guys are so loose. They're so easy. These guys just real calm. I mean, that's got to be that's going to be so helpful to them when they're in these high pressure situations. Because you know? they know there's not a guy on that tour whose shirt they can't pull over to, over his face and punch him in it <laughs> ten times before he even knows what happened. That's going to give them. We don't fight that way down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was uh, you know that was pretty cool. It was fun to watch. Awesome to watch. Uh, the great Rick Klon get get uh, an amazing win. How about win. that? I mean, 72 years old, uh, pulling a 34 pound stringer of fish to to win the Derby. Yeah, but he's not he's not a normal human being. And then he doesn't he have like a like a way younger wife. He does. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a stud. He, he's he's absolutely <laughs> a stud. Like that's not a normal man. right? He's fit. I mean, you think yeah, about it's not what a normal doing. man. I mean, he's out there going through the practice 12 hours a day. Traveling around the country, I mean, you got to keep yourself in amazing physical condition. Stepping up to intimidating that. young Canucks, stomping yeah. on his water. Yeah. He had no problem coming up and saying, hey, what's up? He did. He confronted him, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. You know, he's trying to intimidate the newbie. Who, Corey? Yeah. Nah, nah, Gandalf. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah, he didn't intimidate Corey, dude. No, but I'm just saying he had to go. I'm talking about how much of a study he is. Coming up attempted. on the young kid. If he you attempted yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for making us repeat it. That's all. I'm sorry. I was handling business back there. We do, we do stuff. He's coming in with that hard scarf. That's right. Hard scarf. What? <laughs> that hard scarf. That, well, it's going to be interesting to see what they do next. And uh, we'll uh, we'll be certainly watching them the rest of the year. Are we going to take a break? You know that's right. Okay. Well, Q. I, uh, I, I don't see the – I see the lovely Becky Iconelli. Joining us, but uh, Brian giving her no love. On the screen, we're, we're not there. We're, we're, oh. we're going to our current. Okay. Come on, hey guys, please. we're we're going to be right back. We're going to be taking all your questions. Uh, we want to hear from you. What'd you think of MLF? What'd you think of FLW? What'd you think of the Bass Elites? We want to compare, contrast, trash talk. We want to th- see what you guys thought. So uh, we're going to be back in just a couple minutes. We look forward to seeing you in just a little bit. We'll be back with some more Ike Lock. Hi. Today we're going chest-to-chest in the Dr. Squatch lather test. On that half of Mike's impressive chest, we're rubbing them down with three name-brand bars. The result? A sad, milky film of disappointment. How's that feel, Mike? You see, Big Soap cuts corners and strips out all the sudsy goodness in order to make production cheaper. But not Dr. Squatch. Don't worry, Mike. Dr. Squatch Soap retains all the natural ingredients, which creates a rich, foamy lather, leaving your skin healthy, soft, and clean. Ooh, looks like Squatch is taking over this peck party. How do you feel now, Mike? Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. When we say it lathers, it f***ing lathers. You deserve glorious lather. Take the lather challenge for yourself today. Uh, real snot been out on this pond for about an hour now uh haven't had a whole lot of luck we've had a couple blow-ups but not getting a lot 
So we thought we would try the new Java product uh, on this frog on the top water. Uh, it works great on jigs and other plastics, but we've noticed that when we do use it on top water, we get a trail in the water, the scent's in the water, and we're getting a lot more bites. So we're gonna spray some Java uh, all over the frog. Apply from reel if not to the raid, get it nice and wet, and then as I reel it in, it's gonna work its way through it. Okay, so now we got that scent in the water, and then we got the frog all juiced up with some real snot, Java. Let's see what happens here. There's one, there's one. So as you can see, that scent got around in this little area, this little pocket we're fishing, and sure enough, one came up and nailed it. Small one, albeit, but hadn't caught anything since we've been here for about an hour, hour and 10 minutes now. There's one, that's a good one too. That's a good one. Much better. Good little guy. Threw my frog. Man, they love this stuff. Right through the nose. This time of year, I definitely recommend putting a little bit of this on your soft plastics, too. There he is. Another one. Next cast. And that would be number six. I'm addicted. I'll admit it. I'm I'm straight addicted. This might be bigger. You think so? Yeah. mayhem on your crappy jig and look where the stripers get it you can't even see it man that might be a keeper four and a half inch drop shot worm bama bug finesse jig pb and j give me something hard hey kvd here now, i didn't always know this much about fishing three aught no four aught ewg worm hook in fact, there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between a jerkbait and a stickbait. But then I signed up for Mystery Tackle Box, the original monthly tackle subscription. And now I know more about fishing than I do about Calculus. And he knows a lot about Calculus. Plus, I get amazing extras like free fishing magazines. October 2016, featured article, Four Places to Throw a Frog. Exclusive decals, <coughs> zombie bass. And how-to videos for all the great baits I receive. How to tune a crankbait. Is that underwater footage I smell? I got goosebumps. So if you're looking to develop enhanced fishing abilities like me, or you just like getting new tackle every month, go to mysterytacklebox.com and get your box today. Ooh, nice live minnows. Is it lunchtime already? Nature's candy. 